You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, everyone. Welcome on and all to Monday Football Monday, a very special Tuesday edition here on the SB Nation NFL show presented by DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with code SBNFL because life's more fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void or prohibited? See DraftKings.com. For details, this is the SB Nation NFL show. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. That's Apple devices, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. It's still early in the year, so make sure to put in that time store on your 2024 Spotify wrapped. You can also watch us on the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel. When I say us, my name is RJ Cho from Blogging the Boys. The incredible Rachel Prevet from Leading Green Nation is on the ones and twos. And with me, as always, the most talented, the most debonair, uh, not Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit, who is hanging out in the comments section. Uh, the best writers from SBNation.com, they are Mark Schofield and J.P. Acosta. Gentlemen, Happy New Year. Mark, you strike me as the type of dad who does the, uh, I'll see you next year, um, this time last week. No, I, I see, I now that I'm not like working in an office environment, like I don't really get to do that as much, but I have a friend um, that does work in one and he dropped one on like the 22nd and he put it on threads. And it is, it's just, it, it is a still a good quintessential dad joke. Now, I did... Now that I now that I think about it though, my son went downstairs on New Year's Eve to play video games. He got a new Xbox X. Uh, Santa brought that. Santa nice dad nice. flex. I don't have an Xbox X, but he does, which is great. Um, so we went downstairs to play with some of his friends, and I did do the hey, all right, see you next year thing. But he did come up before midnight, so at least you know it didn't come. JP, up. we're all friends, but we are all coworkers. Uh, and Mark just kind of you know trashed our uh, digital environment. So I don't work in a typical office environment. Uh, so how would you describe our workplace environment, JP? I would describe it as fun and very much not in person. You know, I think that's what I think that's what we mean. Two dimensional. Yeah. 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 It's like it's, it's like it. the see you next year jokes kind of don't as, don't hit as much or hit as hard because we can just send a message over Slack almost instantly to that. So yeah. Um, you know, we know a lot about one another, um, but we've never really met in person. Most of us haven't. Um, it is a strange kind of, you know, vibe, uh, which is, you know, part of the SB Nation wonder. Um, today is kind of a, a, a vibes-based show in a lot of ways. Uh, we haven't spoken to any of you. Um, we've spoken to each other, as, as JP mentioned, on Slack. And, um, you know, one day uh, we should all just try to communicate in as many platforms as possible. Like try to, you know, t- thread dm you I, know i just like the show on threads i mean let's that's go. what i'm saying like we should try to like achieve all methods of communication in one single day um uh, that is a goal maybe for the off season but we haven't spoken to people since before christmas actually we were off on christmas day because that was last monday merry belated christmas to everyone and we were off yesterday on monday on new year's day so uh we're gonna kind of recap all the week 17 action and i think 
um, set the stage for what is to come, obviously, throughout the course of the regular season finale. JP, you were at an NFL game this past weekend. We would love to get your thoughts. Um, JP, in fact, I guess we might as well just start there. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars are in a win and in situation. They're about to win the AFC South, are they not? This is just like what happened last year. You know, this is the exact same. The NFL script writers are not slick. You know, going into last year, you win eight games in a row and you come down to a win and in situation against the Titans. You win a few games this week, you win against the Panthers, and now you're faced with a win and in situation against the Titans. I, I'm nervous because this is such a passionate rivalry game. And the Titans have always, like, they've been looking for their get back since knocking them out the playoffs last year. But I think this this week was really needed for the Jaguars and that team because it was a professional victory. You know, the Panthers are not a serious football team at all. But the Jaguars thoroughly dominated that game, even with C.J. Beathard not. Even with C.J. Beathard as the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence didn't play. C.J. Beathard finished with more passing yards than Bryce Young did. He looked better than Bryce Young did in that game. It's, it just felt like a huge sigh of relief, especially for Mark, a team that really needed it. Mark, uh, it was nice to see the Jaguars kind of stop the skid. Um, it had been tough, and the Panthers are kind of the, the perfect antidote for that. Um, but this team is slated to host the Cleveland Browns in the wild card round of the playoffs if they do wind up winning the AFC South. JP, love you. Uh, but Mark, that seems yeah. like like a bad kind of thing for all of Duval. That seems like a really bad kind of thing. I mean, obviously, look, these teams just played a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, if you're going to get Trevor Lawrence back for that game or uh, is he going to JP, is he going to go this week? Is that the expectation? Um, It's still kind of up in the air. It depends because I don't know if you need Trevor to beat the Titans, especially this. Yeah, I, mean, this uh, of, I don't think you need Trevor to beat this iteration of the Titans. Make sure we clip that just in case. I mean, just in case. JP, the Texans but, and Colts are lurking, and you're over here just peeing into the wind. I'm I'm just saying, if you lose to that Titans team, you don't deserve to make the playoffs anyway. That's fair. That's fair. But I mean, I think yeah. So maybe you do rest him for this week with the expectation that you want a healthy Trevor Lawrence to go up against the Cleveland Browns in that defense. But that's not a matchup that I'd feel too comfortable about if I were in JP's shoes. I mean, the Browns look like the team that you don't want to play. Maybe the Bills, but the Bills can still get bounced. I mean, that's the amazing thing about the various scenarios this week. The Bills could theoretically be in the playoffs by the time they kick off Sunday night based on results elsewhere, or they could be on the cusp of getting bounced out if they lose that game to Miami. Um, JP, before we touch on the Panthers, you were at the game. Um, overall takeaways, overall vibes. Um, it seemed like you had a great time, a Rick Rowland time, uh, from your Instagram post at the very least. The Jaguars have some of the best fans on the planet. It's such it's such a fun environment. So my girlfriend and I went to the Jaguars game. It was her first live NFL game, and now she's a Jaguars fan. I feel like that's an absolute win. For both That's for both dope. people involved. Um, and it says a lot about the Jaguars and the environment that they have. Like this, this fan base is extremely passionate. Um, you can ask David Tepper, they are very rowdy. Um, <laughs> they will also make you look like an idiot. Ask David Tepper, you know. This it's just very it's very funny. And I love that fan base. I think they they deserve a home game, another home game in the playoffs. It 
It might be against Cleveland, you know. It's probably going to be against Cleveland if the Jaguars win. But we'll see, you know. I think if they get Trevor and Christian Kirk back, because I think Christian Kirk might play on Sunday. So you'll have Cam Robinson back. You'll have Christian <coughs> Kirk back. And then you'll ultimately have Trevor Lawrence back for – for hopefully a playoff game against the Browns, I feel more comfortable about that than what they went to Cleveland with. Uh, Mark, just to touch on the Panther side of things, not that there's any football to cover, but uh, yeah. JP um, somewhat referenced the David Tepper issue. I don't know. I think that's putting it mildly. Um, yeah. David Tepper allegedly, because um, you know you do want to throw out that that benefit, you know, to anyone every time, anytime you can. Um, but yeah. allegedly through a drink uh seemingly a, it looked like an alcoholic drink it didn't you know it didn't look like a diet coke um at least you know no. in my estimation um at a fan um who was seemingly to jp's point kind of getting rowdy kind of talking trash but well hey welcome to like professional sports welcome <laughs> like right. uh whatever and, and you're an owner like and, you're you're not just another fan and you're like, on you're an owner you're on the road you're on t- it's, yeah, yeah. This, is, this isn't your home building um uh really 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 bad look for david tepper in a season of bad looks in an ownership of bad looks um i don't know that this is rock bottom because i feel like it's hard to say like oh like they definitely and he definitely won't fall further than this yeah i mean it feels like rock bottoms in sight but we're not quite there yet but this is an extremely bad look for him and you do wonder if we're going to get some sort of fine or something out of this that drops today because you can't have owners throwing drinks at fans. Like you, you just can't go down this road. Like if the NFL just ignores this and sweeps it under the rug again, allegedly all that, because who knows, but it's on video. We saw it. Like the NFL is going to have to do something here, but is it rock bottom? I don't know because he's got a wild card to play here in terms of a head coach and hiring move. And surely if there's a bill Belichick available, he might want to do that. Um, but he could go wildly off script. We actually wrote that a couple weeks ago, like ranking sort of the head coaching opportunities or options for the Panthers from the like, you know, normal insane to the wild David Tepper options out there. And like Steve Smith, for example, like that would be a well outside the box kind of thought. Or remember Greg Olson even flirted. Right. Yeah, if they talked to me about the head coach job, I'd be interested. Okay, sure. Let's do that. Like Tepper could still find a way to really hit rock bottom after throwing a drink at the fan. It can always get worse. As someone yeah. who's been a part of a fan base and been a fan of a team where it's always gotten worse, like hiring Urban Meyer and then the next week hiring Chris Doyle and then two days later firing Chris Doyle, it can always get worse. I think the biggest thing about this is this is just another example of David Tepper acting like a child. Like this is not a... This is not a flash in the pan. Like this is not a once in a lot, once in a lifetime thing that's happened to David Tepper where he just lost his cool. He has routinely showed his ass. Like this is not a thing that doesn't normally happen for David Tepper. Something has ultimately got to change. And if it's not going to be the fact that he's hired like seven different head coaches across both the Panthers and the and Charlotte FC, maybe it's this. You know, maybe sometimes. Sometimes owners and ownership groups, especially in the NFL, they need to be spurred on to get rid of a guy by actually making them look bad. Like, they don't care about, like, the football portion of it. Like, as long as their PR looks good, like, it's fine. But maybe this is what they need. Um, that this happened shortly or in the process of the Panthers um, locking in the number one overall pick for the Chicago Bears 
kind of adds to the rock bottomness of it all. Um, so the vibes are um, definitely down and bad with the Carolina Panthers. Um, they are, I wouldn't say thriving, JP, with the Jaguars, but the, the Jaguars were the like original vibes team. Uh, I know that the Eagles think that they invented vibes, but you know, as far as I'm concerned, um, it was the Jaguars. By, by the way, proud of Detroit, our great friends. Uh, so someone had to take up the mantle for Dan Snyder as the most embarrassing owner. Pretty amazing that David Tepper has already done that. Um, you know, the odds were against him, certainly at the very beginning of that. Um, I guess this is kind of the vibe check um, Tuesday, um, since we're a day removed from all the games. That's kind of what today is. JP, you came into this wanting to talk about the aforementioned Eagles. You said you wanted to kind of study them a little bit. You had some thoughts. Unleash. Go off. My king. The Philadelphia Eagles defensive problems starting in with Howie Roseman. And the reason I say that is because he is always, 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 always. If you look at his drafting history, he has never prioritized linebacker or safety. It's always been offensive line, defensive line, wide receiver, because those are assumed to be the most valuable positions on the field that aren't quarterback. You know, like every data point has shown like, oh, you draft these guys first. Don't draft a linebacker. Don't draft a safety in the first round. Well, look at the teams who are really good in the NFL this year. You look at teams like the Ravens. Where are they strong? Up the spine, up the middle of that defense with middle linebackers and safeties. You look at the 49ers. They are strong up the spine of that defense. They have the best linebacker in football. Where did the Cardinals consistently force the Eagles into a breaking point on defense? At linebacker and safety. You cannot go into a football season where you're supposed to be the NFC favorite trotting out Nick Morrow at linebacker or Zach Cunningham or Shaq Leonard in 2023. I don't know what the Shaq Leonard signing was supposed to do. I said it even when he first got signed by the Eagles. This felt like putting a Band-Aid on a cannon blast. Like it's not, it's not going to fix anything. It might shore up a little patch, but... It hasn't even done that. Howie Roseman has never consistently it's, – it's more of a – he hasn't changed with the times of the modern NFL. The modern NFL is going to a point where you need the middle of the field to be protected by your most valuable defenders, your best defenders. Because if you look at where offenses try to attack you, they try to put those linebackers and safeties in conflict. That's what the RPO game does. That's why, you know, all those middle-of-the-field targets that we talk about for Tua – and the 49ers, that's where offense is going. You see all those guys getting hired from those trees. That's where they're going to try and hit you. It's just, it's absurd to go into a season with a talented defensive line like the Eagles have, and then the back seven be one of the worst units on a contending team I've ever seen. Mark, JP's point is fair and valid, obviously, and the Eagles defense is kind of taking, I think, the majority of, well, I don't know. There's a lot of heat. I don't know that anybody's, like, everyone's getting it. Uh, but the Eagles offense isn't exactly thriving right now. Now, it was kind of a semi-sneaky productive day for Jalen Hurts. Uh, but when it mattered the most, the Eagles offense floundered. A.J. Brown targeted one time in the second half, seemingly still upset, seemingly won't talk to reporters anymore. Um, the vibes are, again, very... The vibes are awful. And, and they've been awful for a while. I mean, they coming off a win, and the vibes were bad. Like, you know, Brown wasn't talking to the media. Jalen Hurts was saying how frustrated he is. You know, Devonta Smith was basically saying it's ugly. It's not good. We got to improve. It's now 2024. Like, you know, we like to sort of use, you know, holidays, dates, markers as like reference points throughout the season. We're now in 2024. We're going into week 18. 
this is a team that looks like they're in trouble. Like, I don't think there's, you know, no two ways about it. Now, if they end up in the fifth spot, they will get a winnable game on the road in the wildcard round against whoever emerges out of the NFC South. Great. Then you get San Francisco. Like, we just saw this team get blown out by San Francisco. And as JP walked us through, what are the Niners going to do? They are going to attack. It, it, it's the Kyle Shanahan meme that Stephen Ruiz at the Reina likes to do where he's at the microscope and it's going to be on Shaq Leonard. And they're going to just obliterate that team through the middle of the field. Like, And somehow, if by some way they survive, then look who they, who they would, get, would get in an NFC Championship game. Either Ben Johnson or the Dallas Cowboys who can do the same thing. And the Dallas Cowboys like, at home. The Cowboys are a completely different yeah. team at home as we've seen this season. Yeah. Like you don't want to play them. Um, JP, I think your point about high rose is very fair. Um, and I think that this is like, I'm enjoying this. So I don't mean this to just be like uh pettiness, but uh, this is a lesson that we don't have to like, and I, you both know this better than I do, like really overreact and freak out around the NFL draft because around the NFL draft, it was, Oh my God, Howie Roseman just basically drafted the entire Georgia defense. Yeah. To your point, JP, is N'Kobe Dean really helping out the Eagles defense right now? Is Keely Ringo really helping out the Eagles? De- like Jalen Carter's a home run, you know, football player. There's no question about that. But like, again, the like the assumption was, oh man, he just N'Kobe and N'Kobe Dean when he slipped in the draft, everybody was like, oh, of course, Howie Roseman took him and he scooped him up and he was such a genius. Turns out, and I don't mean to do the ism of like, oh, this guy fell for a reason because the draft is such a crapshoot in, in that same respect, but. There is a reason why a lot of NFL teams pass on would-be superstars because they know things and have seen things and evaluated things that we can't see. And he just hasn't been healthy. That was the thing that made him fall. He was small and couldn't stay healthy. That's been the problem this year. Keely Ringo was not that great at Georgia in his last season. Like, it wasn't good. And now you're seeing it now where he is consistently, like, one of of the weak links in a secondary that has a lot of weak links. And it's not just – a secondary that's young and doesn't have a lot of like talent they're old like they're the depth is young and experienced but at the top like james bradbury and darius slay are getting a lot older and that is showing up in the worst ways against teams to have a modicum of talent at that receiver spot but like mark said you are who you are at this point it's week 18 you're about to be in the playoffs like you this is what you are at this point. There is no adding players to kind of fix this. There is no, oh my God. I I, I forgot about the whole, the schematic shift, you know? You tried to, you fired Sean Desai, basically, to hire Matt Patricia and have gotten worse. Who could have imagined letting Matt Patricia yeah, run your defense has made you get even worse? It's It just feels like a series of overcorrections and underproduction if there is a bright spot they get big dom back on the sidelines <laughs> for the playoffs, right? that like is this a curse of the big the whole situation? Skid, they're, like, they're one in four I mean, in, in, they're one in yeah. four without big dom and the one win uh was against tommy devito's i mean he got the start you know what i mean so it was truly just yeah. like the kind of like you know east coast italian people bowl you know what i mean and, and tommy devito just wasn't able to get it done so and even that uh, game was close yeah, and, and look, that game you had the like third and twenty where you had the the big conversion to AJ Brown, and you felt like okay, all right, fine. The light just went off. They go down the field and score. It was a two point right. game. Now you've got you know a nine point lead. A couple tries later, they give up that huge touchdown where Darius Slate runs by a safety. 
which is right to JP's point. And it's like even that game was a struggle. I mean, their three most recent wins, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, were that game, the Bills game, which went down to the wire, obviously went to overtime. And I think that's probably their most impressive win is if we look back and certainly who Buffalo's become since then. And Kansas City, I believe, um, yep. are the three most recent. And that, obviously, yep. they, you know, if Marquez Valdez-Scantling isn't the worst receiver in the NFL, I mean, they lose that game in all likelihood. Yep. Um, so it has been uh, very enjoyable for me personally, obviously. But um, I do think, like, I don't know that it it's out of the, the like, realm of possibility for them to move on from Nick Sirianni. Like, there, it feels like there is, like, a dramatic move. Like, I feel pending. that wouldn't happen. But, like, you wonder about Brian Johnson. Like, sure. I, I feel like that Those might be the move, you know, similar to the, you know, Sean McDermott getting rid of Ken Dorsey. Right. Like, look, we're not going to fire the head coach, but we've got to make some changes here. Maybe you bring in yet another defensive coordinator. But I think Sirianni would be seen as like, that's a big thing. It would just be um, so unprecedented if they got rid of Sirianni, where his what, first what year, they, like they got rid of Peterson. You know what I mean? His first like, year, they made the playoffs. His second year, they made the Super Bowl. His third year, they make the playoffs. And then they fire him after. Yeah. Like, again, I, I think unless there's something, unless there's something we just don't know. Yeah. Yet. Like, cause again, this seems like a bad situation. If there's something in that locker room that we don't know yet that comes out and who knows it might, then I could see it. But you know, if they just lose in the playoffs, wildcard weekend, divisional round weekend, I think it, like JP said, playoffs, Super Bowl playoffs. It's hard to bounce a coach like that. We are, um, we're going to move on. But before we do uh, just quickly, both of you, where is Kyler Murray playing football in 2024? Arizona. Arizona. Right? Yeah. Arizona. Like, yeah. Isn't it funny? Like looking back on all of our takes, you know, we were like, oh man, yeah. like I, I've, I'm kind of enjoying this. I mean, like I'm kind of yeah. excited about the Cardinals in 2024. Give Kyler Murray Marvin, Marvin Harrison. Harrison yeah. You know, I mean, like, like I'm in. Draft so, Marvin. I'm in. Draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Or, or they can trade back with a QB, QB needy team. Get some more talent. Get some more picks. Trade back yeah. and and draft any receiver you want. I mean, how oh, how many yeah. receivers I are going to go in this first round? I mean, like it's at least. Remember, they get they get Houston's pick too, which depended on what happened Saturday night. Right. Could be seventeen. Could be in the twenties. So I mean, you could trade out of that spot at two, you know, but or wherever they end up because they're you know in a lot of teams of what four and twelve right now. But yeah, I uh, Kyler Murray stock up, reload. They could be fun next. Yep. Year. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
let's go to Buffalo. Uh, sorry, Mark. Uh, where I don't know if you're, if you're sorry. Maybe maybe you've just reached the point of acceptance. Uh, no, I mean, look, I will say this. The Christmas Eve game that we thought was going to be a disaster, I mean, it was a disaster just not for the Patriots. Right. It was a disaster for Russell Wilson, apparently. It was fun to see them win that game. That was nice. And now, get back to where they need to do. They lose a game. You know, they're still on track for potentially a top two pick. Um, I would not want to play Buffalo right now if I were some of the teams in the AFC. Again, as we just talked about, Buffalo could still miss out on the playoffs. But if they get in, I wouldn't want to see them at all. At one point in this game, a pass had not been completed by either team. And the Bills were up like 17-0. Like, that's just such a weird thing. Like, the offense was not good for the Bills. And it still didn't matter because the defense made enough plays. And I think that's kind of the scary thing about this Bills team right now. Because, like, a month ago when they beat the Chiefs, it was like Josh Allen has to be freakish alien Josh Allen for us to win games. Now they can – look look what they did to the Cowboys. 266 yards, right? Now you're winning games with defense too. It's like they've opened up more pathways to winning games that are, that are beyond Josh Allen being a freak athlete. Do either of you know – I recognize this is a stupid way to put this, but do either of you know the last time Josh Allen threw for over 300 yards in a win for the Bills this season? It's been a while. In a win? Yeah. So, like, to, to, to Mark's point, like, kind of riding. Did he do it against Kansas City? No. I don't think so. No. Against Kansas City, he had 233 and a touchdown and one interception. I'm, okay. I'm going to guess the Raiders. That is too far back, um, and he still didn't even hit 300 in a win. In fact, he's only done it twice. I'm um, sorry, once this year. Was it the Dolphins game? It was not. Um, oh, he, I'm sorry. The first one they did. So he's done it twice. My bad. Um, so he did it against the Dolphins back in week four, and then he did it. Um, he lost to the Jaguars. Shout out JP um, doing it. But then it was it was Tampa on October 26th. Oh, okay. October. So it's been a very long time, and to the point like. Look, I'm not going to sit here and trash Buffalo. Like I agree with Mark. Like they, they're the most. I think they're the most volatile team. Like that's why I'm I'm scared of them, yeah. um, or scared for anyone who's going to play them. But I mean, Josh Allen has been kind of, and I'm I'm being somewhat silly here, but been kind of mid. I mean, like for a month, like individually. I mean, I feel like he's doing the right things. Like I don't say that to to say he sucks or anything like that. But like they they weren't that great offensively to your point, JP, against New England. They certainly weren't that great against the Chargers on what night was that Christmas Eve Eve. Um, he didn't do anything individually against the Cowboys. And I mean, he was awesome in the loss of the Eagles. But again, like, I think that if Josh Allen goes super Nova, super Saiyan freak alien mode, I think that lends more to a disadvantage for Buffalo. So I think my biggest comparison for the Bills is a WWE wrestler or now AEW wrestler, Jeff Hardy, because they will always jump off a ladder. They're always going to do the high flying spot. Sometimes it's going to hit you. Sometimes they're going to go flying through a table. And, you know, like this, this is what the Bills are. This is what Josh Allen is. And you ride the highs and lows of that quarterback. You know, sometimes it's going to hit. It's going to look great. Sometimes it doesn't. And I think that's what the scariest part of facing the Bills in the playoffs is. Like, do you want to play that chaos game with the team of chaos? Because it can, it can more than likely end up with you getting blown out, but can also end with you getting an upset win over a Bills team that just always plays a chaotic game. I think we're all going to pick them to beat Miami. 
<laughs> like that's oh, that's boy. the weird oh. thing. Like, <laughs> look, I I was in uh, I like I said, I was at the Jaguars game, and they kept showing the score in the stadium, and every time I looked over at the score, the Ravens scored again. It's like, oh, the Ravens scored again. Oh, okay. so I, I don't know where you're going with this. Okay, so you're, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you now. And I think every time I looked up, it was like, oh, the Ravens scored again. Oh, check ESPN. The Ravens scored again. Like, it's just, <laughs> it was just a, it was a really, really bad game. Um, I guess let's go to the Ravens because you're picking the Bills. Uh, it sounds like yes. <laughs> uh, yes. the the Ravens, Mark, uh, everybody kind of said, oh, let's see what they do against Miami with the one sit on the line. Let's see. Let's see if they can do it. Let's see if they can bounce back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 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 Uh, 56 to 19, the final score. Uh, I believe some Dolphins beat reporters were upset about uh, running up of the score, um, which is funny coming from a team that dropped 70 points on one team in the NFL yeah. this year. Um Mark, I mean, I look, the Niners are Thanos. I don't know what that makes uh, the Ravens. Like, my Marvel understanding, I need to watch season two of What If, um, isn't on that level. But the Ravens are maybe the most inevitable team in the NFL. Like, inevitable that you're not just going to die, but you're going to die in embarrassing fact. You're going to get Oppenheimered. I bought, which, by the way, I yeah. finally saw. Uh, very, very good film. Okay, bold bold take. Yeah. I know. Ravens are, you know, they're the team right now. And it, I don't see signs of that slowing down. And what we've seen from Lamar, all I keep flashing back to is our preseason show. And I actually wrote this. Yesterday. I saw what JP said. Lamar Jackson's going to be MVP. I mean, it certainly looks like he nailed it. And I, you know, you tally up what he did. You know, these past two games from the Baltimore Ravens, when you've got you know the game against San Francisco, which is Super Bowl preview, and they're going to the West Coast, and this is going to be the MVP bowl and all that. He has a nearly flawless game, and then he comes out with the one seed on the line against the number two team in the AFC, the Miami Dolphins, and drops five touchdowns with a perfect pass or random. Looked pretty quarterbacky to everybody. I mean, this was a tremendous two weeks. And if you look at what he's done against teams that are currently in the playoffs right now that have either clinched or are in playoffs, he's had nine games, Baltimore's had nine games. I think he's thrown like 19 touchdowns and six picks or something like that. Like he's played extremely well. And I wouldn't, you know, as we just get done, you know, you probably don't want to see the Bills because they're the chaotic team. But yeah, the road to the Super Bowl goes through MT Bank Stadium. Lamar Jackson locked down MVP. This is the best team in football right now. JP, I tweeted this um, recently. A lot of people say, like, oh, the NFL is better when insert like Tiffany brand franchise is good. Like people use the Raiders a lot like that, right? Like, oh, it's better. My team for that is the Ravens. When the when the Ravens are kicking ass, the NFL absolutely rules. Like this is awesome. They are so much, especially like I know that there was the like you know they were like t- you know taking their shots at San Francisco. Like oh they play basketball or whatever. The Ravens play basketball. They're the fastest offense I've ever seen in my life. So the way I just describe like Lamar and in this game specifically where he had more touchdowns than incompletions, y'all have seen Avatar: The Last Airbender, right? When Ang goes yeah. into the Avatar state, that is Lamar Jackson. Because he yeah. always, like, he's never moving full speed, but always looks like he's moving faster than everybody else on the field, which is terrifying. He's always playing faster despite not playing at his fastest. And the offense just completely obliterated a Dolphins defense that had played really well coming into this game. I mean, they held – they kind of slowed down the Cowboys, albeit it was a road game for the Cowboys, but they obliterated 
this Dolphins defense, the Ravens defense is phenomenal. It's Mike McDonald's just like they know how to hit you in so many different ways with blitzers from depth, simulated pressures, just bringing everybody from everywhere. They have a talented secondary. Roquan Smith made two of the most incredible oh, plays that I have ever seen in as a middle linebacker. Like the interception that he had on the dig that Tua tried to throw to Tyreek. The first drive yeah. of the game, he missed on that. He knew where the ball was going, but he missed. Then the next time they tried to go to it, he baited them into it and caught the interception with one hand. That is absurd levels of football. They are the best team in football. Like, there's no doubt about it at this point. And you can look at their records against teams over 500 this year. You look at against Detroit, obliterated Detroit. San Francisco, they they handed San Francisco a butt kick, a butt kicking, and they're the only team who who's done that. You know, they, just to that to they the point. Physically, right. they bullied the bullies, and they they obliterated Miami. They manhandled Jacksonville on Sunday Night Football. What else is there to say about this team? What else do you What else do you need to see? For, for them not to be, A, for them not to be the best team in football, and B, what else do you need to see to not have Lamar Jackson as the MVP? I don't care about what the stats say. Watch the game. Watch him and watch the force and the gravity that he has when he has the ball. All eyes, all 11 eyes on that team, on the defense, are on Lamar wherever he goes. He has that kind of force multiplier kind of energy as a quarterback he makes everything go you know like you you know obj is like 30 years old and having the best season of his career or having his best season since he was in new york with the giants zay flowers is turning into a one of the best rookie receivers in the league they're down to isaiah likely at tight end who has been phenomenal since mark andrews got hurt and they're playing Justice Hill and Gus Edwards at running back because Dobbins, Keaton Mitchell all have season-ending injuries. Ronnie Stanley is being rotated in and out of the offensive lineup. They're rotating tackles. And it doesn't matter because Lamar is that good. Like, I feel like we are overthinking this MVP candidacy. Like, it's Lamar Jackson. It has always been Lamar Jackson. Um, So I used to take a shot at the bills and say that the Bengals really were who the bills thought they were like in terms of being worthy adversaries of the chiefs in the AFC. Um, and I thought, I mean, I don't know that this was like a unfair thought, but that Joe Burrow was probably the, like, you know, the Superman to Patrick Mahomes is Batman. We just like completely left off Lamar. Like he's about to be a two time MVP. You know, it, yeah. he's about to be shot for shot with Mahomes in that capacity. I recognize he hasn't won the Super Bowl yet, but um, but yeah, when when Odell signed with the Ravens, I think a lot of us were kind of like the Ravens. Like that, this it was a little you know out of nowhere at the time. But um, kudos. And I don't know why nobody says John Harbaugh. Like people will be like, oh, this person's Hall of Famer. John Harbaugh's a Hall of Famer. Like when when he, whenever he's done, and I, I don't know how young he is at this point. He's got to be like forty five years old. Like John Harbaugh looks great um and no he's in his 60s i know that i mean i'm just saying like he he looks it's crazy i mean and he and he had the ted lasso celebration yeah a little bit of ted lasso in the locker room which we love to see like he looks great he's happy like he's a, i think you're absolutely right he's a hall of fame coach i think That's, i'm also really cool. and willing to say now it's been so much fun to watch you know the baltimore pittsburgh rivalry since like harbaugh and tomlin got there i think harbaugh's had the better career at this point like i'm you know and the more profound and 
diverse career. Like things have changed so much more under him. Baltimore's had to be good so many different ways as opposed to Pittsburgh has just kind of been the same type of good. Um, so yeah, John Harbaugh, Ravens for the win. He has responded to stimuli in the NFL right. a lot better than Mike Tomlin. And I think they're not going to win assistant coach of the year, but Todd Munkin and Mike McDonald both deserve to be in the top three. What Todd Munkin has done with this offense in terms of giving Lamar an actual NFL passing game and think this, this is year one of this. Like this is the first year of Tom Munkin as an NFL offensive coordinator. Next year when Lamar's making the checks and the still like making more checks and adjustments at the line of scrimmage, they could take off. Like this is just the first year. If they keep everything together, it's going to be insane. Um, This is turned into a a vibe check, obviously sort of episode. So um, we kind of have to speed through a few games and therefore teams. So we're going to do that. I would like you each to provide a three word answer as a vibe check on these teams. Are you both ready and prepared? Let's do the it. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Mark. Mason Rudolph era? Okay. <laughs> that was interesting. I mean, yeah. It, Kenny Pickett's healthy. And, and they're going to roll with Mason Rudolph in a must-win situation. I think that's fair. Uh, JP, your three words on the Steelers. I just have one. How? How? How do they keep doing this? Yeah. Um, we don't want it anymore. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, Again, when early in the season, when we said the Steelers are what we thought the Patriots were going to be this year, they really are. Like, they really are. How do yeah. they keep doing this? Um, the Seahawks, JP, who the Steelers beat, obviously. Not looking good. <laughs> it's it's not, um, not great. Mark. Sky is falling. Yeah. Um, I would say vibes are bad. Um, or vibes are, yeah. vibes have changed. Like there was a moment they where certainly changed. Yeah, where it was like, oh man, this is a lot of fun. And now it's like, yeah, this is a tough scene. Yeah, I mean, you take a, a spin through Seahawks Twitter right now, and there are a lot of people very mad about Geno Smith. They don't think he's playing well. Vibes are extremely bad at this point. Now you're on the outside looking in. You don't control your destiny. Like, yeah. No, Especially Mark- defensively. Like that oh, that team dude. has completely fallen apart. Um, all right, Mark, the three-word challenge on the Rams. Sneaky championship team. JP, mine is like, I'm still afraid. Like, to because, well, Mark, I mean, like I know that they struggled, Mark, but, like, that's kind of what a championship team does is they pull out the yeah, ugly win. they won a clunker. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think that they're going to win the NFC, but if we get, like, a Niners-Rams – you know, I, I, it depends where they, the scene it is, but they could make a run to the champ, NFC Championship game. I know, JP, quickly, that Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit is watching, so, so I'm sorry, Jeremy. I'm low-key rooting hard for the Rams to upset Detroit in the wild card round <laughs> so, because I, I'm more than fine with Dallas hosting Philadelphia if it comes down to that. Um, and I, I think the team – I think you agree with this, JP. Not that I think the Rams have a good chance of beating the Niners because I don't think most people do, but I think they have a better chance than almost anybody in the NFC. So I actually have two – three word phrases and one of them has to do with what you just said the first one is rams at lions (laughs) Uh oh yeah Yeah. Uh oh because i don't want to face that matt stafford and sean mcveigh and that kind of goes to my second one joe flacco 2012 because if any quarterback and any team is capable of making that joe flacco 2012 run it's matthew stafford and cooper cup and puka nakua and like you said they in a in a vacuum, went with one week to prepare, 
or like an extended period of time to prepare, I don't want to have to face a Sean McVay coach team. Like, I think we have graduated from, oh, Sean McVay is just a great play caller to he is one of the great coaches in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I like, I'm sorry, Jeremy, but like, I think we all have like a premonition of like the meme of like <laughs> Matthew Stafford, fi- Matthew Stafford finally won a playoff game at Ford field, like something like that. Yeah. Um, so um, it, it feels it like be, it's lurking. I mean, the headline it writes itself. so brutal for the lions best season in a long, long time and, to end at the hands of the former like franchise savior. I do like the, um, the 2012 Ravens comp. Like, I feel like, um, like cup is like the Anquan Bolden of this group, like the seasoned veteran and Puka is like the Jacoby Jones, like the big play monster. You know what I mean? So um, that's well done. Mark, I'm surprised that uh, JP's heard of the 2012 Ravens, given that he was like two years old or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, he's a little older I mean, than that. Well, he likes, I mean, to, look, he likes to dish it out. You know what I mean? That's all I'm no, saying. I know. Let's, let's, you know, let's, let's recalibrate the system, JP. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. It's fair. Um, three words, JP on the Indianapolis Colts who beat the Raiders. How again, like I just they continue to get good play out of Gardner, they get passable play out of that offense, and I don't know how. Like, it's a like Shane Steichen is completely like it's the same offense, but kind of without the verticality that you would have with Anthony Richardson. But man, like, how do how do they get keep doing this? Mark. Patriots QB Gardner Minshew. That's oh, four God. Words. I oh, mean, no. I know. I cheated. I used that, you know, abbreviation right. there. But I can't help but watch these games down the stretch with an eye towards what veteran quarterback are they going to just go all mm. in on? You know, JP's hit me with the Daniel Jones thing a bunch of times. And I keep watching Gardner Minshew and Easton Stick and just fearing the Hey, worst. I mean – Drew Locke let a game win and drive. Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, dear God. <laughs> um, the Colts, to me, feel like the team that's going to ruin a great playoff matchup. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to start eyeing, like, a Buffalo, Baltimore. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, and and Indianapolis is just going to go ruin But they, they still going to be Houston. I know that. I mean, I mean that's what they – That's what's – we get week 18 playoff game Saturday night. They have that vibe, though, don't they? I mean, like, you yeah. know, like, just – it's like, don't do this. Like, don't – don't be the Titans and just like kill what we would have really enjoyed because you wanted to win a playoff game. That's all I'm saying. Like, so yeah. if it, if it comes down to it and the Jaguars take care of business against Tennessee and the Steelers lose to the Ravens, which still like it can, might be up in the air considering the Ravens have already locked up the one seed and the playoffs. If it comes down to it, the Colts can make the playoffs by beating the Texans or a tie. So <laughs> we might get real funny. On Saturday uh, night. Three words on the Raiders, JP. Justin Fields, quarterback. Uh, um, I think I think it's time. I think I'm ready for that. Mark. Keep Antonio Pierce. I do think that that lost some momentum. Um, you know what I mean? Maybe a little bit, but like, I I still think that their recent history, when you know they had the interim special teams coach, they get to the playoffs. And then they go get yep. Josh McDaniels. Like I, I, I think Mark Davis might not want to go down that road again. Plus, can they hire? I was say, do they have, do they have enough like, money? To, they don't have the money for it. Do they um, have enough money to like hire a big name guy? We're gonna do two words on these two teams because this game was so boring. Uh, Mark, two words on the Saints. 
crockpot. Wow. I don't think they're deserving. I actually was going to suggest should we put the- They've been in the crockpot since like September. I was going to ask y'all, is, still is it time to put the Eagles there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Again, I took a lot of personal joy in this, but like this is a democracy. So I just you know, wanted to make sure yeah. that, you know, I'm not steering no, you guys. Absolutely okay, cool. Uh, great. Uh, JP, two words on New Orleans. F off, man. <laughs> go away. <laughs> I think go away is, is the better uh, of words because like no, nobody likes this. Like nobody enjoys this. Like just for the sake of football, you know what I mean? Like just start over finally. Like enough of this so they, they are the guy at the blackjack table who continues to lose money but like hit me i'm, I'm yeah, here he's like hit it on 17 he's, he's already like, i feel good about he's this already one. lost the car you know yeah mortgage is uh-uh. on the line yeah he's got the deed to the house he's pulling that out signing it over two words on the bucks mark baker 2024 jp <laughs> LOL. I just, I don't know what the, like, this It's the perfect way for the Bucks to go about this. Like, with the chance to lock up the division on the line after hanging 34 on the Jaguars last week, and you go out and lay an egg. Like, that's the most perfect Bucks Baker Mayfield thing. Um, mine are still standing, which is a great song by Sir Elton John. But, um, yeah. Um, do they tag Baker? Yeah. I mean, I, I think they tag Evans and resign yeah. Baker. I think so. Yeah. They probably tag Evans, resign. Baker, so it's the but, Daniel yeah. Jones, Saquon Barkley move, but you know, they get it done. Hey, I mean, if they want to draft a guy in the second round, there's a, there's a Washington quarterback that would be kind of fun once. Do you think he makes it to the second, though? I, I think last night, I, it's not the same. We're going off tangent here. It's not the same as Stroud against Georgia. But I think people watching Penix last night saw something they were kind of looking for, which maybe they hadn't seen before, which is a little bit more pocket mobility. And I think that might sneak him into the first. Maybe, but it's really hard to overcome four season-ending injuries. Yeah, it's, no, I know. It's hard to I mean, get that off the mind. There's a chance he gets sort of like Hendon Hooker here, right? Where it's like, look, he's got explosive offense, but helped a lot by the people around him. And he's got this injury history and he's a bit older. I would much rather draft Michael Penix in the second round than Hendon Hooker in the second round. Like, that's... Oh, like, absolutely. Man, what a absolutely. tough day for Jeremy Reisman. Uh, you know, watching, <laughs> watching this show. Jeez. Uh, uh, hey, uh, I could have I th- I talked about how Ben Johnson kind of screwed up the red zone play calling, but I'm going to leave it alone. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, final uh, two-word challenge, and then we'll kind of unpack a few more of these. Um, no, I'm sorry. Two more. Uh, actually, one word on the Falcons, Mark. Who lost? Done. Yeah, JP. Done. Die. Oh, uh, one word on the bears jp hope mark justin i'm going with Eberflus. i'm so happy for him like that like nobody wants to give this dude look jp i'm not saying like coach of the year but like give him a shred of credit i mean like a teeny tiny little shred no <laughs> no okay. i'm not doing that I, uh one word but do you think they bring him back though they have to at this point uh, this would the, be... i will I don't want to say this because I feel bad because I really like Matty Rifflus dating back to his days in Dallas. But this feels like when um, – remember when the Colts players like went up to Jim Mersey's office and were like, please keep Chuck Pagano, and they did, and it was a disaster? It, like it feels like that. Like this it feels, feels like he could be the first head coach fired in 2024 as a result of this. This feels like a really stupid decision because <laughs> like they did the same thing last year. 
where they looked like trash in the first half of the season, and then they put it together in the back half. This is not new. Like, you can take the uh, the improved defense. Like, that's – I give credit to Iberflus for improving that defense by going out and trading for Montez Sweat, which looks incredibly good, like what we all thought it would be. But there's still, like, the minutia of the head coaching decisions that Matt Iberflus has just not been good at. Like, I don't think – I think you can do so much better. Like, this feels like – this feels like taking a single when you could hit a home run. Um, I will also say, Bears fans, don't let your emotions get the better of you. You know what I mean? I know that the Justin Fields chant was fun. Do not live in the moment. You know what I mean? Like, just do not let the moment wash over you and talk you out of a very life-altering decision. So I think I think if Iberflu stays, Justin stays, Getsy goes. But if they decide to wipe the slate clean, I think Fields is getting traded because I don't think yeah. I don't think Ryan Poles or Kevin Warren is going to want to saddle a new head coach with a new play caller to a quarterback that has already been through like multiple like head coach or not head coaches but multiple coordinators. Um, man, JJ McCarthy and Jim Harbaugh are going to be <laughs> oh my fantastic God. in Chicago no, next no, year. Please, God, no. Um, wow. Um, okay. Uh, I, I, does anybody want to offer a word on the chargers or we'll be wordless on the chargers? No. Um, (laughs) does does anybody have a take on the Broncos and we haven't conversed together since the Russell Wilson stuff. Obviously that's kind of yesterday's news, but, um, Um, this is a, like, it's amazing how quickly the trade wreck, the Broncos have like, not just fallen, but like fallen with a capital F like they were among the premier brands and franchises and organizations in the NFL and the moment they want Super Bowl 50 it has all just completely fallen apart JP I mean it just repeated swings and misses at the quarterback spot like that's the that's the problem with swinging and missing on guys that on the position that arguably is most valued in the NFL like you continue to failed draft picks failed signings the Russell Wilson trade has been a, an ultimate failure. And it kind of felt like with Sean Payton getting hired, if this didn't work out, Russ was going to be gone and not Payton because they just signed him. And I think he's like the highest paid head coach in North American sports right now. Um, I don't know where they go at quarterback because you're you're not high enough to draft one of the three guys at the top of the draft. But – Bonex. Oh my God! He seems I, like the quintessential Sean Payton QB. Um, Mark, what is I would love. I would love Michael Pratt in Denver. I think he. Yeah. I think he's a very good quarterback. I think people should watch Tulane and watch him play. He is not the like super strong arm, like athletic toolsy guy, but he has great intermediate touch. He can make plays on the move. I think I'm a huge Michael Pratt fan, not just because he's from Boca Raton. Don't. Um, but he's still, he's a very good quarterback. Um, if they wanted to Michael Penix be kind of fun. I just, unless they're mortgaging everything to trade up for one of those guys at the top three, where do you go? Um, where do you go beyond that? I was, was it the athletic that reported last week that they might have to overpay free agents to kind of get 
to you know sweeten the pie a little bit, sweeten the pot for players to show up. Yeah. Not you know, given how they treated Russell. Look, everyone thinks what they do about Russell Wilson and he's a meme, but like by all measurements, he's a pretty upstanding human being. Um, and so that being said, Mark, like to treat him like that so callously is a bad look. I mean, for the Broncos, on top of like they're not David Tepper yeah. by any stretch, but like they have a lot of like damage control they have to do that is going to take way more they than have one off. A ton of damage control to do right now. And I saw in that same athletic piece, like somebody gave a quote that was basically like, you know, Sean Payton picked the wrong person to do this with because Russell went and talked about it. Like right. some other players, maybe younger players or something, might not have opened up about it, but Russell was straightforward. And now, yeah, if you're a free agent, you're weighing offers between two teams. One of them's Denver. Are you going to want to go play for a guy that just treated Russell Wilson like that? It's such a tough, like, it's a tough business thing. Yeah. Like, you can say, like, oh, it's a cold game. But from a player perspective, like, this sucks. You've been playing really well. You're coming off of a win against the Chiefs. And I'm like, hey, man, we're going to cut you at the end of the season. So you're not going to play because you if you get hurt, you're going to stick around. Like, that's an incredibly callous thing to do, especially because your livelihood is at stake here. Yep. You got to play to make money. So it's just an incredibly callous thing, but it's also like, I hate to say it, but it's also like the business of the NFL. The NFL has never been one that's. Yeah. Kind. I mean, this is why every time we, you get a storyline of oh, this player should take a hometown discount or do right by his team. It's like, no, 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 no. Get every single dime you can because the second an organization feels the need to move on from you, they will. They don't care about they, you. They do not. I would offer um, something I was thinking about last week, Mark, and I mentioned it on PJ Football. You're right. Like the, the reason that Russell, what the Russell stuff has yet to start, I think. Like Russell's side of this story, it, like this is that you said that Sean picked the wrong guy to kind of do this with. Like we are going to get like a GQ. 10,000 word oh, expose, yeah. you know, full on feature sit down interview with Russ. Yeah, like, Jeff Perlman, who's done some great work, yeah, did the Lakers series like, and all that. A stuff. Perlman piece, a Seth Wickersham piece. Like, we are going to yeah. get the all of the skeletons in the closet. And Russell is probably the dude in the NFL who was least afraid to do that. And if he does know where the bodies are buried on this, JP, like, to, to me, that's also why, like, the Jets refuse to, like, blink it or they blink constantly at Aaron Rodgers because they know that dude can sink them. And that's what Russell's going to do to the Broncos. The Players Tribune. Oh, that, oh yeah. Let, let Russ write. Let Russ tell it. Let Russ write. Let, let Russ write. <laughs> let, let's hear his side or of the actually, story. Actually, where did this all, all started? Let Russ do his, like, this is why I joined the athletic thing. You know what I mean? Like, let, let him yeah. have, like, his – but, yeah, like, he's going to do a podcast. Like, he is going to do something. He's going to sit down with Ryan Clark. Like, he's going to have a moment where, I mean, the tea is going to be overflowing. Um, it's going to be pretty great. In so terms of where he goes next, I would kind of like him in Atlanta or Pittsburgh. I've been saying that forever, and y'all I, have been hating all over it. I, so I kind of like it's it. A crow. I wow. kind of like it. Um, Pittsburgh makes a lot of sense for him, but Atlanta just seems like so much fun. Like he's a quarterback who is actually like accurate downfield and isn't a pumpkin like Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke. So I'd like to see it again. The, the, the funny, the funny team in all of this would be the Saints. Getting rid of Derek Carr to sign Russell Wilson to the Derek Carr deal and just continue to be like, hit me. Well, and taking him away from Sean Payton of all people. Like, you know what I mean? That would be uh, yeah. 
really, really that would be hilarious. Uh, the Saints were on his list, if you recall, um, prior to his last season in Seattle. He had that like five team list that he yeah, like, for. If I, like I'm not asking to get traded, but if yeah. I was to get traded, if I am to that point, like. Russell also like severely has outplayed his hand or misplayed his hand in all of this. Um, I mean, just a, a catastrophic failure by everyone involved. Who would have thought Nathaniel Hackett would kind of be in the best position a year later? Uh, granted, ah. like, he's been a pretty well. I mean, in terms of internal happiness and peace, you know what I mean, like relative to. I, I mean, I, I mean again, w- like, would you rather be part of the Jets who just have like accepted their fate, or the Broncos who keep like fooling themselves and therefore falling on their face over and over and over again? I mean, counterpoint. Do you want to be around Aaron Rodgers for, for uh, most of your career or most? Of That's your a great point. Um, and I think I'd probably rather live in Denver too. I mean, so yeah, you know, yeah. There's pros and cons. That's Denver's fair. Nice. Um, let's go back to the two words uh, on the Green Bay Packers, Mark. Heat check, Jordan Love, man, he was feeling it in that game. Like there are a couple of throws where it was like I even put a couple, you know, posts on it on threads. Like he was in the middle of a heat check game that entire night. JP, my deepest fear um, is that the Packers are going to be the seventh seed and the Mike McCarthy Cowboys are going to have to host them in the wild card round because the Packers were the boogeyman before the 49ers were. Um, I know yeah. the actual boogeyman is gone, but, the, you know, Papa Roach said it. The scars remind me that the pain is real. That's where I'm at here. Um, my two words are youth movement. Um, of course, Jordan Love is getting a lot of the credit, which he should. I mean, one thing that stood out about Jordan Love this year is just the confidence in the throws, yeah. like, these are not these are not easy throws he's being asked to make he is heat check like like what mark said he is taking the trick shots downfield like i think one of the plays to uh bo melton where he's throwing it off his back foot with pressure in his face that is a trick shot throw and you can tell that the dude watched aaron Rodgers for four years but you, because you can see it in the mannerisms and you can see it in the kind of throwing style where he's like flicking it around defender's arms it's so fun it's so funny to watch because you can tell it's kind of like the uh the miles morales and like peter parker and into the spider-verse the meme where he's sitting there and then the miles morales is sitting there um but the youth on this team is finally starting to grow up you know you're getting great play from dontavian wicks who i was not that high on when he entered the, when he entered the draft after the, even after the senior bowl um tucker craft has been playing awesome you know, you're getting great play out of Romeo Dobbs. Some of these young receivers are starting to grow with their young quarterback. And with a team that's playing with house money right now, like this this team has no reason to be here. Like, that's a scary team. A team with nothing to lose is a scary team to face in the playoffs. And with a quarterback who can get hot at any time, I understand the fear, even though it's not 12 back there. Thanks for uh, making me feel worse, JP. Really appreciate that. Uh, speaking of the Cowboys, um, Jamie Reisman chimes in and says, this episode has made me feel terrible. Thanks. Uh, Mark, let's go th- four words on the Detroit Lions. Jeremy, you're welcome to submit four words if you'd like to. Yes, uh, but, I'm struggling uh, here. I would, we would prefer- what were you thinking? <laughs> like, <laughs> the end game situation there. Like... <sighs> I understand initially the decision to go for two because sure. that's what you're uh, no, you're Nobody disagrees sure. with that. I'm completely with you. Right? Nobody disagrees with that. When you get the penalty, why not kick there? Like I, at that point, I think it's decided it's time to, okay, we'll kick at this point. Um, 
it seems like the way, and I don't know if this is the NFL and NFL sources sort of putting their spin on it, but this notion that it was like they tried to circumvent it. It was a trick play that backfired in their faces, having both guys go over there. I don't know, but just that entire end game situation, the initial decision to go for two, I completely agree with. That's what got you there. You're aggressive, but I love it. But yeah, after that, I think it's time to go in a different direction. Uh, Jeremy's four words, JP, are fire Brad Allen twice. To be clear, nobody is caping for Brad Allen here. Like, no, 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 no. That guy, I said it on Twitter when it happened. I'm glad he wasn't refing a Chiefs game because the Swifties would have had him docked. Swifties would have had, had him docked by the end of the yep. night. They would have. It would have been over for that man. Uh, my four words are bad Ben Johnson game. I think the red zone play calling specifically was very weird. The touchdown, a two-point conversion to Taylor Decker was awesome. But they, in the confusion that they tried to cause, they confused the refs as well. That's tough. The, the, ref, made, the ref made a massive mistake, of course, but that's tough. On the two-point conversion that actually sealed the game, I don't like the play call. And the reason I don't like the play call is because you're throwing it to tight end three. This feels like, remember when we get mad at Arthur Smith for designing Janu Smith jump passes to McCoy Pruitt in the red zone instead of throwing it to Kyle Pitts, B. John Robinson, or Drake London? It felt like that. You know, like you have Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Throw it to them instead of tight end three where he has to pick up yards after the catch. Yeah, because he's short of the goal line. Yeah, he's too. short of the like, goal line. And of course, Jared Goff made a bad pass. And you can say, like, oh, if Goff makes a better pass there, it's a touchdown or a two-point conversion. Throw it to guys who widen that margin of error instead of a guy where you have to throw that pass perfectly. Like you we've seen Amon Ross St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs, and Sam Laporta turn bad Jared Goff passes into touchdowns or big plays. And this was a quintessential Jared Goff game, by the way where he kind of looks weird or goofy under pressure, but has just enough throws. The big throw to, to Jamison Williams might have been the best throw I've seen Jared Goff make as a member of the Detroit Lions. And people got mad at me for saying that. You try throwing a pass 50 yards downfield, Michael Parsons hitting you in the chest. That's um, insane. My four words are rub of the green. Um, Fortune smiled on the Cowboys, obviously, with the Brad Allen fiasco. Um, although their contention is that they didn't cover Decker because they didn't believe him to be eligible. I mean, so I certainly put some stock in and buy that. And, you know, again, my point is simply Jeremy, that it, it isn't a guarantee that the two point conversion works is all, uh, but obviously a horrible situation, horrible circumstance. The Cowboys are now in position to be the two seed in the NFC, which you both know, you both talked about how they're so strong. They're undefeated at home. They, they have a 16 game winning streak at home. The only times this century that a team has accomplished that were the New England Patriots, who did it four different times, which is stupid and unbelievable. But, uh, I mean, each of the last two years, the rub of the green relative to the playoffs has worked against the Cowboys. We did not know two years ago that the Niners were going to be their kryptonite. And I don't think any of us viewed the Niners the way we do now two years ago. Um, so a lot of things have <laughs> kind of changed. Thank you, Jeremy, for your, uh, your offering. Um, but so – and two years ago, entering week 18, we wanted the Niners as Cowboys fans. We were like, hell yeah, bring on Jimmy Garoppolo on the wild card round. Like, we're not afraid. Um, and then, you know, again, we've we've learned a lot. Um, but last year, 
going into the, the wild card round, the Cowboys were the five seed. I don't know if either of you remember, they smashed the Buccaneers. And because Daniel Jones and the Giants thought that they would be cool and fool themselves for an entire year, they beat the Vikings. And that rub of the green worked against Dallas, as opposed to going to Philadelphia in the division around Dallas had to go to San Francisco. And I'm not going to sit here and guarantee that the Cowboys would have beaten last year's Eagles, but I did feel better about that or less bad than I did about going to San Francisco. And so you tell me the Cowboys get two home playoff games if they win the first one on the way to the title game and that they're they're the only NFC team guaranteed to avoid San Francisco until the title game if it comes down to that. Like the rub of the green has finally worked out for them as far as this is concerned. Now they have to win, obviously, and take care of business. But like the intangibles are things that did not break against them, which hasn't been the case for the last two years. JP, you're laughing. I, I don't I, know why. I hate to do this. I hate the poor cold water on this. Wow. That last game is on the road. I know. Well, look, I'm, yeah. I'm not. I'm not at all like saying or implying like that. And that first one might have Jordan Love and company coming. What the hell, time. guys? I support you and cheer you on in every method that I can. And I thought we were united here against Jeremy, and now you have ruined my. Look, I, I'm just saying. We're trying to ruin every day. I'm just saying. A Commanders team with nothing to lose on at home oh, against the Cowboys. Talking, that's the game you're talking about that, that yeah. you're worried about. Uh, yeah. See, like they, no, this. This is the handshake emoji. The commanders need to lose this game or else they're going to surrender the number two overall pick to Mark's Patriots. I mean, we're not going to use another quarterback anyway. They're going to draft Joe Alt. <laughs> You're going to be, yeah. they're going to be fine. With okay. It. Presuming the Cowboys win this game. And by the way, they are the heaviest favorites of any team this week, according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. I think we all like their odds entering the playoffs more than we have each of the last two years. Is that fair to say? Sure. That's well, all yeah. I'm saying. That's the only place I'm at. This was a seismic, but, like, seeding, tilting result. Again, Jeremy, I'm really sorry. Like, I feel really badly again, about this, but, like, this was massive. Fortune favoring the Cowboys is not something I would say just yet. I would I would no. hold off a little bit. It's way too later this I, month. Fortune did not favor the bold, um, as Dan Campbell learned three times on Saturday. I, I would just hold off on that. Because, you know, there could still be an, uh, there's still like weird stuff that can happen and you end up facing Matt Stafford in the playoffs. Uh, one word on each of these last four teams, the commanders. Mark. Belichick. Oh, JP. The enemy. Okay. The Niners, JP. Uh. I don't know if I can do one word because. Like, okay, you can have two. Uh, don't choke. That's Ooh. this is it. This is mine. It mine is Baltimore loss because that it's gonna happen again. Um, Mark Ayuk. I still think he's sort of the glue guy for this. He's team. the wide receiver um, one. Finally, um, let's go three words on the Bengals. Mark healthy Joe Burrow. Hmm. JP Young secondary. Bad. <laughs> Three words on the Chiefs, JP. Maybe this one could be better. Oh man! Uh, don't play fifteen. Don't want to do it. I was gonna say don't feel confident, but you're right. Like I'm definitely not betting against them. At the same time, I don't, so. don't want to do it. Um, Mark. Three words on the Kansas City Chiefs to wrap this up. Road playoff game. Ooh, that was great. 
this was a weird episode. This was the like, Very this weird. was like, we don't have anything like a, like a dinner plan. What do we have in the in the pantry? What do we have in the freezer? Yeah, you're like making hot dogs yeah. and some pasta right. and some chili. Like, believe me, we've been there. We've done that. This was that kind of Rachel, show. can you please join us and tell us how you would feel if you were like, hey, you know, what'd you guys make for dinner? And we made hot dogs, pasta and chili. I'm sorry. Yeah. I would have to wow. find something on my own. I thought we were a team. But yeah. you can make chili dogs. Exactly. I mean, you can go a couple of different ro- roads there. Rachel, what's your favorite kind of pasta? Like the noodle? Are you like a bow tie person? Are you a linguine? Like- there is a correct answer here, by the way. I do. Well, they're like the far fella. That's what they're called. Like far. How do you pronounce it? Yeah, they're the both. Yeah, but that's not what it's called. For far. Yeah. Okay. Or pretty good. Or like a panne. I like panne. There we go. That's the correct answer. No. Penne is pasta one, and I will hear no other. Bow tie is the best, Mark, because it's strong enough to, like, if you have some sort of like, meat in there, like, it's strong enough to hold as a vessel. I feel like you only do, like, one no, or two no, no, pasta. No no, no. no, no, it's definitely. I'm a penne person. I Because then you could also slide the fork time yeah. Yeah. Like, into them. So y'all are all just followers, mindless followers. <laughs> you know what? I'll stand on my own. I'm fine with that. You can bake, um, you can bake penne, you know? Yeah. What did, what did you like that we had to say? What are your thoughts? Congratulations to your Ravens. Thank and of course, you. will you please crown the first MF double MVP of 2020? It's a big deal. It's a big deal. I liked starting with Mark. I like when you said Patriots quarterback, Garden Minshew. <laughs> I like that a lot. Self-inflicted wounds. <laughs> yeah. Uh okay, Jeremy said corkscrew pasta underrated. Oh, Jeremy, what? It's okay. What a bad day for Jeremy. Yeah, that oh wasn't a strong take. Sorry, but that was the that was the pass to tight end three of uh, pasta. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Hey, the pasta, was... you know, because the pass and teat and like tight end abbreviated <laughs> is te like the pasta. Yeah, yeah. that was Look a that. that was an interception on a screen pass. <laughs> Um, JP, I really liked. <laughs> I really liked when you were talking about like the youth movement for the Packers and how it was just cool seeing like the younger players growing with this young quarterback. And uh, RJ, I loved when you talked about John Harbaugh uh, being a Hall of Famer coach. You know, it is what it is. But today's award, as RJ already mentioned, it means a lot. The first one of 2024, and I'm gonna give it to JP. I think he killed. It. Let's go. Yes. Bring it in the new year correct. I thought you were going to give it to Jeremy for putting up with us. For yeah. An hour. yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Jeremy. For Jeremy ruined it with the corkscrew. Pot. Like, you know what I mean? Like total bottle job at the very end. If Jeremy thinks this is bad, just wait till Matt Stafford's throwing for 350. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, I'm just saying it would just be so poetic. I don't want it to happen, but it's so I poetic. would feel so bad for Jared Goff because everybody like he would be the face I know. of that. Like oh, it, it would be so it would be so poetic, but such like you know, like the tra- the Shakespearean tragedies. Like it'd just be so bad mm-hmm. for Detroit to be like Icarus flying so close to the sun, only to burst in the flames at the hands of the former golden boy. Like it's you you cannot write the script better. I mean, would you? You've already won JP, so you can answer this safely and securely. Would you rather see Matthew Stafford win in Detroit or Joe Flacco win in Baltimore? Oh, I'd love to see Matthew Stafford win in Detroit. Thank I just, you. I, Thank I, you. Thank I just you. Well, so Jer- Jeremy, I tried to throw you a bone. So, Jeez, I mean, JP's I got a be, vendetta against it'd be you. So fun. I'm not. I don't have a vendetta against Detroit or anything. I love, love Detroit. I love <laughs> that team. Seems like love right that now. team. I just think Matthew Stafford's been playing such fun, awesome football this year, and I don't think the vendetta for 
for Joe Flacco against the Ravens is as deep because he won them a Super Bowl. Yeah. And now they have an MVP quarterback. Like, it's not like it's a – it feels like it was a natural parting of ways. If there was any team that feels like they, Joe Flacco should have vendetta against, it should be the New York Jets. Fair. <laughs> they can get rid of him wow. and, like, sign in Zach Wilson and draft Zach Wilson or, like, whatever they got going on. I would feel really badly if this all happened, JP, because again, it would it would be unfair, but it would it would relight the the Lions lost the trade takes. You know what I'm saying? Like we've come so far from there, and it would be like they should have never traded him. Blah, like it would it would oh, be a this, really long. This playoff has such like like his like not say like historic, <laughs> but potential. Wow. Like okay, cool. <laughs> like I. <laughs> you act like saying anything can hurt me about the Jaguars. <laughs> Uh, for the been, podcast audience, uh, Jeremy commented that Trevor Lawrence is the most overrated quarterback. I've been broken beyond repair by this team this year. Maybe I, that's what this is, Jeremy. JP just wants to bring you down with him. He wants you to be in the pits of misery with him. Look, the, the big cats have to stay together, all right? Mm. Um, but this playoff just feels like there's so many like potential like histor- history storylines, like we said, with Rams, Lions, Cowboys potentially playing the Packers and that boogeyman. Um potentially a chance for Bills Chiefs part whatever in the playoffs um and then you get kind of the upstarts you know you get whoever wins against uh whoever wins Houston Indianapolis in the playoffs against the Dolphins it's going to be a home game for the Dolphins but it is against a team that's over 500 we'll see especially if it's CJ Stroud if it's CJ Stroud in Miami and like against a defense that's not going to have Jalen Phillips or Bradley Chubb because Chubb tore his ACL and Xavier Howard's also not going to play. I don't know. Like it, it's, it's going to be fun. I think this playoffs, I think this season has been really fun to watch. Yeah. Um, Mark, send us out please with your description of a perfect pasta meal. Paint the picture. Perfect pasta. Yeah. Paint meal. the picture for perfect us. Picture. Definitely going to have a cutlet. Absolutely have to start off with a cutlet here. Now, I know some people like chicken, some people go veal, but you have to have a cutlet. I go with a penne alfredo as a side. Now, there's also the way you can go like sort of a milanese there where you get the breaded cutlet and you get the wine, lemon, caper sauce with some penne on the side too. And yeah, I mean, that's the, you end it with some tiramisu. Like you got to go with tiramisu. And if you really want to do it upright, a little bit of grappa or lemoncello. Okay, you doing any wine? Just water? like. Ice water, like no, no ice water, man. Because you know you don't want to go like red wine, white wine into grappa and limoncello. Like you don't want to do that. You can when you're younger, when you're <laughs> my age, which is a year older today, by the way. You don't want to do that wide into limoncello or grappa. It's it's just not going to end well. You won't be right for like a week. Wait a minute, today like, today is the day, Mark. You talked about this. Remember, yeah. you said going back to school. Didn't you say you on the second was the worst or something? Yeah. Oh, Mark, happy. second was usually the worst day of the happy year. Happy birthday, Wow. Not the MFWVP, but still the birthday boy. Um, as a result, to, to send us out, JP is going to sing happy birthday to Mark. I, actually, I was going to say, if you do all that stuff like Mark said with the wine, that's how you end up drafting Joe all with the second overall pick and, and, trading, for da- and, and trading for Daniel Jones. <laughs> so uh, happy birthday, and I hope, the, Thanks, and I hope the Patriots do something smart. <laughs>
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.